Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are looking at Shanti Feldon's book, Highly Happy Marriages, The Little Things That Make a Big Difference. When we closed last week's broadcast, we had just begun talking about this important question. Who's the boss? You or your feelings? How you answer that simple question has big consequences. Let me reshare the story that Shanti shared of Sarah, a stay-at-home mom with her four young children and how she sometimes stops a negative train of thought about her construction worker husband. When he's been at work all day and comes home and tells me he needs to take an hour to go drop by a friend's place to watch the end of a game, I sometimes start to think, Hey, you're out of the house all day and don't have to take care of the children. And now to find out that you want to visit someone? Seriously? I start to think, So when do I get to go out? And then I think, Yeah, but wait. He's been out, but it's not like he's been with friends. He's been at work all day, in the hot sun. If I were at work on a site all day, I would want to have a break to do something else too. So then I'm glad there's something he can do to give him a real break for a few minutes, away from the kids crawling all over him. Because then I see how much he needs it, and I want him to get it. See how that works? Sarah stopped a line of thinking that was leading to jealousy and resentment. Instead, she began to think about what it's like in her husband's shoes on a work site all day in the heat. She took the action to say it was okay that he gets some downtime. And suddenly, feelings of compassion replaced feelings of jealousy and resentment. Then Sarah found herself sincerely wanting her husband to get that break and time away even though she needed time away too. Sarah put her thoughts and actions, not her feelings, in the driver's seat and as a result changed her feelings and her thoughts. Although the highly happy couples Shanti spoke with did sometimes need to address perceived imbalances with their spouses, they simply didn't let themselves start the I'm doing more or it's not fair train of thought. They understand that that kind of thinking can tear a relationship apart. Bottom line, these couples have learned to boss their feelings in the right direction and in a return are receiving a huge happiness payoff in their marriages. And they've learned a key strategy to do it. Beyond simply choosing to think about the positive, they change their actions and find that their feelings follow. We can choose to take positive action after stopping a negative train of thought, even redirecting it, and choose to speak positively even if we don't feel like it right at the moment. And that's when we discover that because of the way our hearts and minds are wired, we do have the power to change our feelings. Shanti recommends we adopt the act-as-if approach. You think your wife doesn't appreciate you? Act as if she does, and you'll not only suddenly see evidence of her appreciation everywhere, but you'll start to feel much more affection for her. 
You don't really trust your husband's ability to keep the household together while you go on a trip? Act as if you do, and you'll not only see your trust level rising, you might discover that the kids didn't actually fall apart while you were away. You find yourself incredibly irritated at something your mate just did? Act as if you aren't and find something you can say thank you for instead. And you'll find the irritation really isn't as big a deal after all. Now, just as vital, this works in reverse as well. If you find yourself incredibly irritated and you tell your spouse so, and you mention it to your mom, and you complain to your friend at work, you'll find the irritation becoming an even bigger deal in your mind. Proverbs 11.27 has a great summary of both sides. If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. Ultimately, for better or for worse, it is often our actions that end up determining how we feel. I need to acknowledge the fact that my self-talk has power and I need to boss it around a bit. Now, before you get uptight and think this sounds more like something from the self-help section of Barnes & Noble, consider what the Apostle Paul wrote when he was chained to a prison wall. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. How can we follow this admonition in a difficult marriage or when we're simply having a bad day? Well, the answer comes in Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul doesn't seem to be waiting around for the mood to strike there. His strong counsel is to make a decision to feel and think differently than we might otherwise. That's where change begins. Now, I'm not naive. I understand that stopping a negative train of thought isn't always easy, especially if you are the one trying to make things work in a difficult marriage. Those are the times when we especially need God's help and the support of encouraging friends. But all of us, whether in good relationships or not so good ones, can learn this. As one highly happy wife explained, everyone has emotions, and if we're honest with ourselves, we know what tends to make us happy and what will lead to a pity party. I know that if I start myself thinking, why can't I have that kind of house? It's a bad trend, always. Yes, something might cross my path to make me jealous, but at that point, I can either focus on it and let it pile on, or I can choose to turn the corner and direct my thoughts in a good way. As simple as it sounds, if we want to have happy marriages, we must choose to boss our feelings around. We can't buy into the lie that we are powerless over our feelings. We're not. The highly happy couple show us that we can choose to boss our feelings around and change them in the process. We can choose to be glad instead of allowing ourselves to be constantly dissatisfied. 
Like so many of the couples who have transitioned from struggling to happy, we can choose to focus on whatever is lovely and not on whatever is driving us crazy. There is another reality if we accept this as true, which I believe it is. I can't blame someone else for how I feel, which means I can't claim the victim label. In reality, I feel the way I do because that's the way I want to feel. Or, put another way, my response is my responsibility. Now let's turn to another of what Shanti calls a surprising secret of highly happy marriages. Namely, that highly happy couples have factual fantasies. How loving the art of the possible makes your marriage stronger. Shanti's research found that one of the main factors that clearly made couples unhappy was a spouse longing for their mate to deliver something that seems like it should be easy, but which their mate finds difficult or impossible. But when a woman or man instead understands and celebrates the facts of what their partner can deliver to meet their needs, when they have factual fantasies instead of unrealistic ones, they completely avoid one of the main causes of unhappiness and are far more likely to enjoy their marriages. Her research also found that it was clear that unrealistic expectations were often incredibly subtle but incredibly widespread. Most couples were laden with them. Most, that is, except the highly happy couples. Shanti found that the happiest couples certainly had high expectations of their mates, and they were also, often subconsciously, very realistic. So here's the simple secret we're going to look at. Highly happy couples do not long for something that is difficult or impossible for their partner to deliver. Instead, they expect and are grateful for the ways their partner can meet their needs. Bottom line, the happiest spouses recognize when their expectations are pure fantasy and stop themselves from thinking things like, well, if he really loved me, he would, and fill in the blank. Instead, they shift to being grateful for the ways their spouses are uniquely wired and the ways they can and do meet their needs well. Shanti's survey results indicate that struggling couples were six times more likely than highly happy couples to be very frustrated or disappointed when their spouses didn't meet their expectations. By contrast, highly happy couples were 12 times more likely to say they didn't have those expectations to begin with. Similarly, nearly half of struggling spouses felt their mates had unrealistic expectations of them, where only one in ten highly happy spouses did. Do you see the paradox? When expectations just aren't feasible, clinging to that specific ideal of who our partner should be and what they should be able to do actually prevents the ideal relationship that we are longing for. Well, our time is gone for today. I want to invite you to join me on Monday mornings at 10 a.m., on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page for some live teaching on relationships. If you're not a Facebook user, or if the time is inconvenient, you can go to my website, 
mutualunderstanding.net, click on the Mum Live tab to view the recorded teachings. Be safe and have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.